Guys, if you've got a Bible, uh, I'm in the book of Luke chapter 24. Uh, book of Luke chapter 24, very familiar stories. We talk about the resurrection this morning. Uh, it's okay to use your phones, your tablets, whatever kind of device. Uh, if you didn't bring a Bible, we've got one in the pew rack in front of you. That's going to be helpful as well. Uh, also, I, I hope you grabbed one of these when you came in. These bulletins are, are quite helpful. And in, in the middle of that, you'll see a little yellow slip of paper. Uh, just some sermon notes to follow along. Uh, that's one of the great ways to keep your kids involved. Have them fill in the blanks if you need them to. Uh, you may not be able to read the sermon notes when they're done, but, but they're helpful. Uh, I want to encourage you guys to do that, okay? The voice uh, rang out, and, and the voice said, Can I help you, sir? Can I, can I help you, sir? The, the man actually didn't hear the voice. He was transfixed on the television set on the other side of the glass. And so once again, uh, the voice cried out to him, Sir, can I help you? Sir, uh, are you in the right place? <laughs> can I help you? Suddenly snapping out of his TV trance, trying to kind of cover up for the fact that he was just staring at the screen on the other side of the window. The man said, oh, yeah, 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 I'm in the right place. To which the young woman uh, in yoga pants and a tank top replied, sir, are you sure? Pointing to the McDonald's bag and cups in, in, in his hand and then pointing to uh, the sign behind her, uh, which was to the entrance of her gym. You see... The contents of his hand gave away the fact that he was in the wrong location. That's kind of what happened to the primary characters in our text today. They get caught red-handed, and the contents of their hands show that they've actually come to the wrong place. So before we look at the text today, I'd ask you to do this with me. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Father, um, you are good. Your love endures forever. God, uh, you are the God who knows and the God who sees, and you see exactly what we've come into this place with today. You know what's in our hands and in our hearts and in our heads, and yet you love us anyway. Holy Spirit, we want to invite you now to come and to take our, uh, your place as our teacher and our guide and to teach us the ways of Jesus from the inside out. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. Be glorified and be lifted up this morning that you might draw all men unto yourself. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm in Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 1. I'm just going to read through verse 12. It says, On the first day of the week, that's Sunday, by the way, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and they went to the tomb. Now, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. These are angels, just so you know, I'm giving it away. They stood beside them, and in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead. He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again? Verse 8. Then they remembered his words. 
when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. Forget this. But they did not believe. That's the apostles. The eleven didn't believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense, an empty tomb. It didn't make sense to them. Peter, however got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself, marveling to himself about what had happened. Four things, I I, I think, that just lend themselves uh, to this story. If we were going to break it down and just outline it, there's really four things that that happen. Uh, The women show up, and and they've got uh, some spices with them. They find the tomb is empty, then, then the angel of the Lord is, is going to speak to them, then they're going to respond by going and telling others. That's the story in its essence and its four parts. And so let's just talk about what those parts mean for us today. Okay? And here's the first thing I want you to understand today, and it's this. It is, it is much easier to believe in the life and the death of Jesus than it is to believe that He is alive and that He wants to live in you. Okay? It is much easier to believe in the historical life and death of Jesus than it is to believe that He is alive today and that He wants to live in you. I want you to notice the language of verse 1. It says, on the first day of the week, again, that's Sunday, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and they went to the tomb. So what's in their hands? Spices. And what's in their hand? It's not spices to cook with. These are burial spices. Now, now we know on Friday that Jesus was crucified. And, and, and scholars believe that he, he began to hang on the cross about 9 in the morning, and that he hung on the cross, and he died about 3 in the afternoon. And that's when, when he died, and the, the skies turned black, and then a soldier pierced his, his side, pierced his heart, and blood and water flowed out. They had separated because he was completely dead. And, and, and about 3 o'clock then, as this great storm happened, they break the legs of the thieves on both sides. They take Jesus off of the cross, and a man named Joseph of Arimathea comes to Pilate in private and says, can I have his body? I want to put his body in my tomb. I'm going to put his body in my tomb. Now, Nicodemus was there. You remember Nicodemus from John chapter 3 who came to Jesus in the dark of night to ask him about how to receive eternal life. And so Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea very quickly kind of rub some salve on Jesus' body and they get him in the tomb and they had to hurry because the Sabbath was beginning at 6 p.m. that day. See, that's where our time frames get messed up. Many of us think the Sabbath must start the next morning. No, it started for them that Saturday night about 6 o'clock. So there was a very short window. So the women had no time to pay their respects. They had no time to properly prepare the body the way that they would have liked to prepare their bodies. And so now it is early in the morning on Sunday. And they're walking uh, to the tomb where Jesus was laid. And in their hands they're carrying some spices. And, and there when they get there... this most amazing thing has happened. The, the stone is rolled away and so they peek in and they come out and they're like, what on earth is happening? Somebody has stolen our Lord. They've stolen His body. This is the predominant thought in their heads. And it's just then when two men, two angels show up and, and what the angels speak to them, you may think, well, that's a very nice saying. That's a catchy phrase. It looks good on the front of a bulletin, doesn't it? Why do you seek the living amongst the dead? But I want you to understand this is actually a rebuke from the angels. You see, what the angels are saying is, Dear women, 
Ones who love the Lord. Dear women, are you in the right place? Are you sure that you're in the right place? Because this Jesus that you look for is living and your hands are giving you away. Because in your hands you're carrying spices for a dead man. Are you sure that you are in the right place? And I want you to understand this. I want you to see it because the Easter story is chock full of these kinds of people. People that struggle with doubt. People that struggle with disbelief. People whose faith has faltered. Maybe that's your story today. And and, and I want you to understand these women were not here to see a risen Savior. They were here looking for a dead man. He was a good man. They they, they loved him dearly. They followed him. They listened to his teachings. But he was a dead man nonetheless to them. They were dressed for a funeral. They were robed in disbelief. They, 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 They had shown up to a graveside service in their minds. And here's my fear on this day, on this one day that happens every year throughout the world, is I fear that so many people that show up on this one day every year, I fear that they might be doing the same. That this may have been a graveside visit for us where we get dressed up and we show up on this one day and we remember that on this one day, historically speaking, there was a good man named Jesus who was a great teacher and he was unlike any other. He taught things that nobody else had taught, like love your neighbor and forgive 70 times 7. He, he told you that if somebody were to strike you, that you should turn your other cheek to him. He said if somebody asks something of you, go above and beyond, go the extra mile, walk another mile. If somebody is in need, you should give them your cloak. Like the teachings of Jesus never made sense to anybody. And yet, historically, we remember he was a great man. And my fear is that Easter has become that day for the world where we gather at the graveside and we celebrate the the great life and death of the historical man, Jesus. And I believe we do so because like these women, we struggle with doubt and disbelief too. It is hard to believe that Jesus is alive and it is even harder to believe that he could use somebody like us. That he would want to live in a vessel like this. But that is the story of the gospel. Please see it clearly this morning. The story is chock full of people with disbelief. We'll look at the disciples in a second. But I just want you to understand that God knows what was in the hands and the hearts of those women. And you know what? He knows what's in our hands and our hearts too. But you know what? Despite that, despite all of our doubt and our disbelief that he really wants to live inside of us, that he's alive that he wasn't just a historical figure. Look at what he does. He lovingly does this. It's beautiful. Look at verse 2. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. That's it. That's, that's the verse. If you want to see what God does for those that are struggling with doubt and disbelief, those whose faith is faltering, I want you to see it. Ready? He rolls away the stone. That's what God does. Think about this with me. Why was the stone rolled away? And don't say so that Jesus could come out of the tomb. Because Jesus now has a resurrection body. And in just a bit, you're going to hear when he walks through walls to visit his disciples. There was no need for the stone to be rolled away in order for Jesus to walk out of the tomb. He has a resurrection body. Do you know why the stone was rolled away? 
so that the women, so that the doubters, so that the disciples could walk in and see for themselves. The, the empty tomb is an invitation, my friends, an invitation from God on high to all that have ever struggled with doubt and disbelief. And the invitation is this, please come closer. Please come closer. Come and see for yourselves. Look where he was laid and he's not there. Look at the, the grave clothes that were wrapped around him and now they lay in a heap. Look where he was, but he is not there anymore. It's an invitation to all that have struggled with doubt and belief. So here's the second point. God knows we're prone to doubt. So he invites us in for a closer look. Some of you in the mail got a little flyer had the picture of the Gospel of Luke on it. We've been studying the Gospel of Luke here for a year and a half. We're going to wrap up in August. It's not too late to hear the best ending in the history of the world. You say, why did I get that flyer in the mail? Well, that's, we put it there. We paid for that. But I truly believe we did it. And, and some of you from, from different places, from Maynard, things like that, we, we did it because we believe that God was inviting you in, just like he invited us into a story. Okay? Look at what's next, verse 5 through 8. Verse 5 through 8. In, in their fright, the women, they bow down with their faces to the ground. Remember, these are women whose hands full of burial spices. They've got spices for a dead man. But, but the man, the angel said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. And then look at verse 6 through 8. This is beautiful. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Look at this. Not only does God know that you struggle with doubt, He knows that you're prone to forget. Number three. Jenny, number three. There we go. God knows we're prone to forget, so He reminds us of His plan and His purpose. I want to speak this truth over you because I know you, I know many of you. Listen, in life, especially in the midst of tragedy, and pain and hurt, it is easy to forget that God has a plan. Okay? These women are mourning. That speak to anybody's heart? Had a conversation with somebody this last week, and, and that person had lost their, um, their parent in that terrible uh, bus crash. Uh, and I spoke with that person and, and, um, and, and just loved on them and, and just let them talk. They talked to me for 20 minutes, and I... And, uh, just share with them, I, man, I, I feel for you. I lost my dad in June. I lost uh, my, my two grandmothers uh, last year, all, all three people that I love dearly all last year. Like, I, I get it. I, I want you to understand that God gets it. God understands the hurt that is here, and he understands what hurt does. Hurt throws us into a fog where we can't figure out what's really going on, right? Where we lose track, we lose sight, and these women are here, and they're just hurting. And they have forgotten everything that Jesus has told them about why all of this had to happen. They've forgotten the fact that this is actually for their sake, that this is for their good, that this is for their benefit, right? That's all gone out the window. And, and so the angel of the Lord then speaks this great reminder to them. Hey, 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 don't you remember? Remember what Jesus said when he was with you? 
This had to happen. This is for your sake. This is for your good. And I love they have an aha moment. Look at verse 8. Then they remembered his words. Like we're prone to forget. And so God lovingly reminds us they had forgotten all that Jesus had said about his purpose, about his plan, that he had to die, that he had to be buried, that he had to rise again. They needed to be reminded of that. They needed to be reminded of that. Brings me to my last point, okay, this morning. It's just the empty tomb as a whole. I want you to understand that God knows that we are empty. So he left the tomb that way to remind us that he is alive and that we can be too. You want to know what Easter is about? You want to know why the tomb is empty? You want to know why the stone is rolled away? It's meant to be a permanent picture. God is really big on pictures, by the way. He's really big on pictures, on, on, on symbols, on things that keep meaning. And this, this stone that's rolled away is a beautiful picture of, of the fact that God is not dead, but He is alive. And it's meant to remind us that He wants to live inside of us. I want to read some words to you. Uh, they're adjectives. I had to look up that, that term. I used a thesaurus. Empty, bare, devoid, dry, hollow, meaningless, worthless, drained, unproductive. Any of those adjectives describe you this morning? Do they? I, I, know, I know that those adjectives have described me at, at one point in, in my life. And, and the message of the angels is, is this, folks. Listen, Jesus is alive. Amen. He is alive, right? He, he is alive, and, and He is alive for a purpose. This, this empty tomb, this graveside visitation that we're all out at today is not meant to be the end. This is not meant to be our story. That God actually has a plan much greater than Easter Sunday for you. But God's plan for you, rather, is that His intent was to raise from the grave, to become alive again, so that He could live in you every day. So that you wouldn't have to go to a tomb, to a headstone, and remember a good man that once lived, that taught great things, that died cruelly on a cross, but rather that that one who did all those things could live inside of you. And Jesus did all this, by the way, when we say this is the, 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 not the end, it's the beginning. From this point on, Jesus walks around on earth for 40 days in his risen form. And, and over a period of 40 days, he appears to several people. At one time, he appears to over 500 people on one occasion. So much so that Paul writes, if you don't believe me, ask any of them. I mean, it's a historical fact that the risen Jesus actually walked around on, on earth. And, and, and get this, after 40 days, he ascended into heaven where the Bible say, says now he sits at the right hand of the Father and he's preparing a place for us. And get this, he does all of this according to John chapter 14. He does all of this in order to keep his word. You see, in John 14, Jesus promised something. It's right here. John 14, 15 through 17. If you love me, keep my commands. I'm going to ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. 
That you would never be alone. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you. And he is going to be where? In you. In you. Look at verse 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit. This is who Jesus is talking about. Whom the Father will send in my name. Will teach you all things. And will remind you of everything that I have said to you. In verse 18 and 19 of John chapter 14. Jesus explains that when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. It is the essence. It is the very person of Jesus that now lives inside of us. Paul calls this mystery of the gospel. He says this is the mystery of the gospel. Christ in you. The hope of glory. That this risen Jesus did so. So that he could go to heaven, send the Holy Spirit, and through the Holy Spirit, He Himself can live inside of our hearts. That's why the tomb had to be empty. That's why the tomb had to be empty. And get this, the Bible says that when that happens, when this Jesus comes and lives inside of us, it fills us up. Okay, the words that the Bible uses in John chapter 15, it says that he makes us produce much fruit, like like so much fruit, like huge, massive things of fruit. Um, way back in the day when, when the Israelites were going to enter the promised land, they, they went and they saw that the fruit was good. And, and two men walked with fruit hanging off poles. It was so big. And the Bible says that is God's intent for your life. You feel unproductive, you feel ineffective, you feel empty. I want you to understand that God's goal for your life is not that. God's goal for your life is not that you stand out at the graveside once a year and remember Him, but rather that you experience Him every single day. That's God's goal for your life, right? In John 10, it's called um, abundant life. Uh, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and you might have it to the full. That is God's goal for your life. See, my friends, Easter is about... An empty tomb and God left the tomb empty so that he could fill us up. God left the tomb empty so that he could fill us up. I'm going to wrap up and give you some application. By the way, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this to you. I'm going to say it to you lovingly, right? This is loving. Uh, if you're one of those people and one of those adjectives describes you, right? The empty or, or, or devoid or any of those things. If that describes you, I'm, I'm just going to encourage you. Maybe it's time to stop standing outside of the gym holding the cheeseburger. You know what I'm saying? Because these doors are open every week. Every week. Let me give you some application. We do this here every, every week. We, um, we offer ways that you might be able to live this out. Um, first and foremost, I, I want to invite you to come closer and see. Come closer and see. And, and, and um, if, if you're here and you're struggling with doubt, um, I, I mean, let's just be honest. We, we all do. Uh, disbelief. If, if your faith has faltered. Maybe, maybe you lost faith in the church, right? And, and I don't know what your experience is. I, I don't know where it was that you got hurt by somebody. I would just say this to you, that the church is just made up of a bunch of people like you. And if you're capable of hurting somebody, then, well, there you have it. Right? Because I'm capable of hurting people, and I know the, the people I know in this church are capable of hurting people, and that's, that's kind of, the church is not a place of perfect people. So that thing where we say, well, the church is just full of a bunch of hypocrites, I, 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 I pray not, not this one, uh, because the people here know that they're imperfect and they're hurting. They actually come here for help every day. So if you get hurt by somebody that's seeking help because they're struggling too, you just have to understand that's part of the healing process. Right? And, and so I, I just want to say this to you. Say, I, I, I don't know, Pastor. I've got questions about the church. And I have doubt about this Jesus. And I don't know what to do. Well, fine. Just come in. Come into the tomb. Just enter in. And so my Easter challenge every year is very simple. If you're one of those people, and this is like one of the, one of the two times a year you might enter the doors of church, I want to challenge you. Ready? Uh, give me four Sundays. That's it. 
I just want to invite you closer for four Sundays. That's it, four Sundays. That's one month. By the way, four Sundays in a row. That's the challenge. It's, it's, not, it's not just two extra Sundays in the year. Four Sundays in a row. Four Sundays in a row. Like the next four. That starts next Sunday, okay? Four Sundays. That's the challenge. That's the challenge, okay? Two, two. I want you to remember that Jesus is alive. Listen, Jesus really did live and he really did walk on the face of this planet and he really did die on the cross. And we're great about preaching that cross, aren't we? We've become so good about preaching that it's because of the cross that all of our sins can be forgiven. And that's absolutely true. But Jesus did not stay on that cross and he did not stay in that tomb. On the third day, he conquered death, he conquered hell and he rose again and he is living today. And that is why we can be transformed. And without the empty tomb, there is no transformation. So the empty tomb is proof that there is a God that knows you, that loves you, and wants to invite you into his story. He will empower you. He, he will give you words to speak, is what he says to Jeremiah. I'll actually put the words in your mouth. All you have to do is stand up there and go, ah. It's proof. The empty tomb is proof of a God that knows you and that loves you and that wants to use you. Remember, Jesus is alive. It's not about showing up once a year to commemorate his death. Number three, respond rightly. Respond rightly. For some uh, today, that simply means accepting uh, Christ and letting him fill your life. You're that person, you're devoid and empty and, 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 and literally it's, it's just saying, hey, I'm, I'm tired of that. For others, you're not even close to that. You've got too much doubt and disbelief, and that's awesome. So, so the, the proper response for you, four Sundays. That's the proper response, is just to step into that. Listen, the women came, their hands were full of spices. God saw their doubt that he was, uh, they, they believe he was still dead. God saw their doubt, he rolled away the stone and invited them closer. The angel of the Lord showed up, and he reminded them uh, of the plans of God. Okay, they responded eventually by running off and telling everyone else what God had done. Here at this church, we encourage you, we pray for you, um, that you too will respond rightly. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for loving us. You're good and your mercy endures forever. Pray uh, just in these next couple of moments here that you would speak to the depths of our heart. You would help us to respond rightly, Jesus, please. In your name, we pray. Amen.